Hi there, it's Jillian, and I want to tell you about Jillian on Love Plus, your way to get even more Jillian on Love each week by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Patreon. You can access exclusive bonus episodes with extras, including answers to your most burning questions, advice on all things dating and relationships, and much more. Check out the link in the episode description for more information. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I am on a mission to teach people how to transform their romantic relationships by transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you are in a relationship, you're single, or you're heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationships with themselves through their bodies, breaths, and mind. I have now coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. In today's episode, I am discussing how to deepen the connection with others, which can include your partner, or it can include if you're not in a relationship, other people in your lives, or it could be used as a template to refer back to once you are in a relationship. So how to deepen connection with the people who you care about and love in 2024. I'm going to focus on three things. And the first thing is really just the overarching theme, which is feeling seen. To feel seen by someone is to feel understood by them. And to feel understood is to feel safe. And when we feel unseen, hence misunderstood, in any relationship is when we experience deep, deep pain. When we feel unseen and when we feel understood, that's when we tend to shut down and we isolate ourselves and we go, therefore, deeper into our solitude. And we could isolate ourselves. If we're single and we can isolate ourselves within the relationship. And this is where you would commonly see two people living under the same roof, living separate lives. And that is because they chronically feel unseen and misunderstood. And so I want to talk about how to make another person feel seen and how we make each other feel seen is through mostly curiosity. Because the truth is, often we think, especially when we know someone really well, whether we are romantically involved with them or not, you know, we think we've seen it all. We think we know them like the back of our hand. We think that, you know, oh, I can finish their sentences. And we think we know the entirety of their depth. And the thing is, That's not true. It's never true because we are very complex and pretty much everyone is silently grieving something in their lives. Many of us are quietly contemplating taking on a new hobby or a different path in life. Many of us are battling a very big decision that we don't know how to make. We are all walking around quietly grieving, quietly contemplating, quietly battling something. And when we become curious about the other, it is our curiosity 
that leads us to discover what it is that this other person is quietly facing and thinking about. We are admitting to having a curiosity about their inner world. And the truth is, many of us don't share much of our inner world with anyone. And many of us walk around thinking, who would want to even hear what's going on in my mind? Who would even want to know what, you know, is going on in my inner world? Or they're not interested. Or it's too embarrassing to share. Or whatever. And so we're walking around in our relationships feeling unseen. And we're also walking around not truly seeing the other person because we have this notion that we've seen it all. And we are just way too complex for that. And so we become curious by asking important questions and by initiating conversation that requires, like I said, curiosity and vulnerability and sharing and connection. And so one way in which we help each other feel seen is by asking really good questions. And, you know, like I said, so many of us, we're busy living our lives. And even if we're in a relationship with someone, we get, we get in our heads, we stop sharing with each other, we stop being curious about each other. We start thinking that we know everything that we need to know about the other person, which really is the same thing as taking each other for granted. This episode is brought to you by Dose. Dose are expertly formulated organic wellness shots that support your liver in one delicious drink. First of all, they are organic. They have zero sugar, zero calories, non-GMO, vegan, sustainable glass bottles, free shipping on all orders, and kind of great. And the thing is, the liver is a really important organ, obviously, in our body, and we do have to support it. There's just toxins everywhere. Dose utilizes curcumin, which is basically a turmeric extract, which is 24 times more bioavailable than the standard turmeric. It has milk thistle extract, which has a huge and high maximum potency of 80% silmarin. And it has organic ginger root and dandelion root. I mean, it's all the things basically that I've taken in various supplements before, but this is just in one drink. And I particularly really like the taste because I like a little bit of spice and it really works. It actually really works. It's great in digestion. It's been great for my skin and it really has been shown to give long-term liver health, which is incredible. And it is known to support healthy metabolic function and digestion. And I can definitely attest to that. And I feel like my energy levels are better. Focus is better. It's just fantastic. So I take a shot of it every single day, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, because I'm not drinking caffeine at the moment. And this actually gives me like a natural boost in the way that caffeine would. And so I really enjoy that. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Jillian on Love listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. So that's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash Jillian and use code 
Jillian. That's dosedaily.co slash Jillian and use code Jillian. I want to encourage you to ask some questions with the people who matter most to you. I would definitely start with your partner if you're in a relationship, but you can do this with anyone. And listen to the response. And I'm going to give you some examples of some questions, but I don't suggest that you sit down with someone and just ask them all these questions and have them give you, you know, a one line answer. Just pick one or two. Ask them this. Be really present when you ask them and then listen with all your might to their answer and then allow a conversation to unfold based on the question rather than going through the list. So here are some examples of questions to to ask. You can say, tell me about a time you got in trouble when you were a teenager. And what I love about starting a question with, tell me about a time, is that you are basically inviting the person to tell you a story rather than just to give you a one-line answer. It's through storytelling that we share. That's how we share. We share through story. And it's through story that we learn. And it's through story that we are able to craft a meaningful conversation with someone. And it's through meaningful conversations. It's not necessarily the quote unquote hard conversations. It's meaningful conversations that we build a deeper connection with someone. Like I said, tell me about a time you got in trouble when you were a teenager. Tell me about a day that changed your life. What happened? Where were you? What were you wearing? What else was going on in your life that day? So these are other questions to prompt the person who you're speaking to to share more details, to inspire them to elaborate on the story so that there's a conversation that unfolds. Other questions to foster connection, curiosity, and feeling seen and understood by each other. Where in your life do you feel most fulfilled? Where do you feel most unfulfilled? And those are big questions. So when they start to answer, your vibe, even if you don't say this, is tell me more. I want to know more. As they start to share, ask more questions about it. I want you to be like you were in the beginning when you wanted to know everything about this mystery. Because what you will discover is, wow, I don't know this person as much as I thought I did. And the person who's sharing is going to think, even if unconsciously, wow, I'm feeling seen by this person. They want to know things about me that I don't commonly share. They care. They love me. They see me. What is your best memory as a child? What's your hardest memory? How can I make you feel more seen? And what I will say is when you ask a question like that, 
where you are part of the question and how you can be better, only ask that question if you are ready to hear the answer. Because you're not allowed to get defensive. You got to really listen. Another question is, how can I make you feel more important to me? Again, you have to be totally prepared for the answer. And you have to listen. And you have to put your ego aside. And you have to make it important to you to listen. You have to make it important to you to understand. And then another question is, what do you wish you could ask me, but you have been too afraid to ask me? (laughs) And this is obviously deeper because this might lead to a conversation that maybe is a little bit difficult. But if we want a deeper connection, if we want deeper intimacy, if we want to feel more connected, if we want to strengthen our relationship, we have to know the ways in which our loved one has been too afraid to open up to us. We have to remove the walls. We have to remove the armor. We have to build bridges. What is one thing you wished I did more of? Maybe you'll hear the dishes. (laughs) What adventure do you want to have before you die? Where do you want us to travel to? What's your favorite memory of us? What has been some of the greatest lessons you've learned from watching your parents' relationship? What is the thing that you struggle with most today? Tell me about a time when you stayed up all night just for fun. Some of these questions are not easy because they might lead to conversation that's kind of deep between you and the other person. Some of these questions are prompts to have this person tell a story but they should all lead to meaningful conversation. Meaningful conversation. Ego is to the side. Pure curiosity. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're actually paying? Because if you have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been very wrong. And I can't believe how many I actually had and all the money that I was actually wasting. The other day I got charged for something, which I subscribed to forever ago. And I was like, wow, my God, I have to cancel this. And I honestly completely forgot to do it. And I tried to cancel it. And the only way was by calling their customer service number. But of course, they weren't available. Nothing. So Rocket Money, on their hand, was able to take care of it for me easily. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Jillian. That's rocketmoney.com slash Jillian. Rocketmoney.com slash Jillian. Okay, number two, and this is all going to be interwoven, but the, the second thing that is absolutely essential 
if we want to strengthen our relationships, is vulnerability. And what is vulnerability? Vulnerability is the courage to be seen. And the truth is, we cannot progress or deepen a relationship of any nature, of any kind, without vulnerability. The willingness to be vulnerable is an essential ingredient to building a relationship, maintaining it and sustaining it, deepening it. Vulnerability is what makes us emotionally available to each other. It is what builds bridges between us. It is the path to connection. When someone has the courage to emotionally expose themselves, even if to you it's not emotional exposure, but in that moment you can see that they are sharing something that feels very risky or uncertain to them. They are willing to take the risk to be exposed. They're stepping into the unknown. They're stepping out of their need to control. And they are revealing themselves against perhaps some of their better logical judgment. When we see someone do that, we are automatically always very inspired by that. And that's the thing that people don't quite understand or they don't realize this. It's not so conscious for them, which is that when we see vulnerability, we are inspired. We are inspired. I will say that just to bring this quickly to a dating scenario, if you're seeing someone and you're starting to see someone in, you know, it's the early stages and you are slowly revealing more of yourself and being vulnerable, you're exposing things about yourself that you don't expose to just anyone. You are allowing yourself to be seen and you're taking that risk. And the person who you are being vulnerable with, if they're not totally inspired by your vulnerability, if they are not captivated by your vulnerability, if they don't feel honored to be the recipient of your vulnerability, they are actually not that attracted to you or interested in you. And they're certainly not deserving of your attention. We should be inspiring each other with our vulnerability. And if we're not, it's not the right connection. This is very important to understand. But aside from early dating and all that, I just wanted to put that out there because I know there's a lot of you who are dating and, you know, can't tell if someone's into you or whether or not to pursue something. I wanted to add that. But aside from that, it's important to know that we are all craving more connection more than ever. And yet so many of us are not willing to do what it takes, which is to be vulnerable to get there. And this is the conundrum that we face. We want connection. But yet we find the path to connection too risky, some of us. And so we're not willing to take that risk to build a connection. And so then we go deeper into our loneliness and our isolation. And we go deeper into the story that says, no one understands me. No one sees me. No one loves me. And we get seduced by the story, which actually drives us deeper into our solitude and aloneness. And yet what's really happening is because of our fear of being vulnerable. And this could be because of many reasons that could be very valid reasons, but it doesn't take away from what's actually going on. Because of our fear of being vulnerable, we are blocking 
forging deep connections with others. And then we tell ourselves the story again and we keep reinforcing our aloneness and our loneliness. We keep calling out. I mean, not all of us, but there's a lot of us will call out other people for being emotionally unavailable when really we are waiting for them to open up first to us, to tell us that they like us first, to tell us that they love us first so that we may feel safe enough to open to. It's like the onus is on you to make me feel safe, to be vulnerable. And yes, of course, we need to feel safe with someone to feel vulnerable. Absolutely. But we also have to risk taking the first step. And to risk taking that first step is to risk rejection. And many of us, and I feel you, I have been there I get it completely. We're walking around so rejection fearful that we will do anything not to be rejected, including unconsciously choosing to be lonely and in solitude. And so I would say that this does not apply to everyone, but it might resonate with you that if you are feeling very alone, ask yourself if there's any possibility that the reason why you feel alone is because you have been so afraid of being rejected that you are not risking putting yourself out there emotionally. And you're waiting for others to pull that vulnerability out of you. Ask yourself that. Because we have to, and this is part of Brene Brown's work that's so brilliant, we have to dare to be vulnerable. We have to have the courage to be vulnerable. We have to have the courage to step outside of the unknown and face possibly someone not being inspired by our vulnerability or someone not even caring, which I know is so incredibly painful. But we have to at least try. For example, you know, when you ask these questions that I mentioned earlier on about how to build deeper connection and to make your partner feel seen, you know, by asking those questions, you're asking the person to be vulnerable with you, but you can actually be vulnerable first and say, I want to feel closer to you. I want our relationship to be stronger. So I'm going to ask these questions because I really want to know. I want us to be close instead of, yeah, I'm, I'm practicing curiosity today and I'm going to do these things because Jillian said this is what you need to do to strengthen your relationship. It's like, no, lead any conversation with vulnerability and telling the truth and you will forge a deeper connection with the person who you love and who loves you. Taking care of your health isn't always easy. I know it's not, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last year, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel definitely more energized, definitely healthier, and I definitely sleep better. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, free and probiotics, and more. It's just a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. I know that this is a quality product because 
it has a rigorous testing process. So I know it's safe. And that's really important because there's a lot of supplements out there that just are not. And I know for a fact that their ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. I drink it first thing in the morning, which is recommended. I just fill up my shaker with cold water. I add a scoop of AG1, I shake it up, and I'm ready to go. If I'm running short on time, I can just mix it before heading out and I'll grab a travel pack. It's really so easy and I really cannot stand taking a bunch of pills and remembering to take a bunch of pills because then I end up not taking the pills and AG1 has just made my life a lot easier. So if there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for this long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash Love. That's drinkag1.com slash Love. Check it out. Like I said, and I will just reiterate, in a world where everyone is seeking emotional safety and refuge, we also have to be willing to take risks because if we don't, we will reinforce our loneliness. So to be willing to answer in depth those questions is very vulnerable. Then the vulnerability to say, I want to feel closer. I wish for us to be more open with each other. This is so key. Vulnerability in dating is sharing something about yourself, not your whole trauma. You know, someone who you barely know has not earned the right to know such personal things about you. But you can share little things about you, like answering some of those questions, just sharing some of those answers to those questions. You know, an adventure that I really want to have before I die. I mean, that's a sort of lightweight vulnerable thing to share that's highly appropriate in the early dating stages or, you know, maybe a little more advanced is one of the greatest lessons that I learned from watching my parents' relationship. You know, maybe that's a little bit like, you know, second, third date or, you know, one thing that I really want to do before I reach a certain age, I made a promise to myself that by the time I was 50, I would do this whatever. These are all ways in which you share a little bit about you and your inner world that has nothing to do with what you do for a living or where you grew up. These are deeper things. And so you have to, you got to open up the window a crack when you're dating and share this because not only is that how you forge a bond with someone, an emotional connection with someone that goes beyond chemistry or physical chemistry, I should say, it's emotional chemistry for sure. To my former point, you kind of test the waters to see, is this person listening when I'm sharing something about myself? Because if they're distracted or they're not paying attention, they're not worth it. They're not that interested in you. They're not worth you pursuing. It's not an invitation for you to say to yourself, I guess I'm not interesting. Let me try a little bit harder. Or let me see what I can do differently to get them to be more interested in me. No. If you're sharing something about yourself and they're not intently listening and asking questions about it, then they literally don't care. And therefore, there's your answer. It's risking emotional exposure. It's saying, I like you to someone before they've said it to you. Saying, I love you to the first time to someone. It's also saying, I love you to someone the last time. 
It's saying, I desire, I wish, I feel. It's a laugh. It's like a deep laugh. It's a cry. It's a sharing of a story that we risk the other not being able to relate to. In conflict, when we blame, we get our control back. It is so empowering to blame someone when we are in conflict because it really validates our ego in that moment. And in that moment, it gives us certainty in an otherwise situation, which gives us a lot of uncertainty. Conflict with a loved one makes us feel insecure. No one actually really wants it. And so when we get to blame them, we start to validate ourselves. When we validate ourselves, we get a greater sense of control. When we get a greater sense of control, we feel more in control and we feel more certain. But it is the opposite of being vulnerable. Because when we blame, we get our control back, but we throw vulnerability out the window. The fear of intimacy, which is really a fear of being vulnerable, is so common. How do we actually, when we're in a situation, we're in a conversation, it does not have to be conflict. It could be any circumstance with a loved one. And we want to be vulnerable. Let's just say, We're in a support group of some kind. Let's just say we're speaking to a therapist. It doesn't have to be a loved one. We're with another human being. There's a window of opportunity where we can be vulnerable and create more meaningful connection. And yet we feel frozen inside. We freeze. We're so afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid because maybe we were shamed for it as a child. We're afraid because we are so incredibly more so than ever afraid of rejection. We're afraid because, I don't know, we get embarrassed. Maybe we just weren't raised in a household that shared like that. And so it's just embarrassing. When you are facing that internal freeze, when there is that desire to be vulnerable, but you just feel so blocked, The way out of it, and this is not something that changes overnight, it has to be practiced, but the way out of it is through, we feel physical tension comes from keeping things trapped inside. I know it's the kind of muscular tension that comes from working out too hard. I'm talking more about the physical tension of our jaws, the tension of our trapezius muscles, which are the muscles right on the top of our shoulders, where the tops of the shoulders meet our neck. You know, when we get really tight there, we feel the physical tension in our bellies. We feel the physical tension in our lower backs. We feel the physical tension in our chest. That kind of tension comes from keeping things trapped inside. They come from feelings being trapped inside. They come from wanting to be vulnerable, but clinging to our vulnerability and clinging to our control so that we aren't risking that emotional exposure. It comes from a story that we've been telling ourselves for months, years about, you know, mom or dad that we just don't want to let go of. Tension comes from keeping things trapped inside. So when we go into a freeze, when we're experiencing that emotional block to having an intimate exchange, an emotionally vulnerable, even if it's just a little bit, for some people, it's just eye contact. When we start to experience that freeze that is preventing us from seizing the moment of having some sort of connection with another person, 
that freeze is tension, right? It's like our bodies turn to like a block of stone or ice. What we have to do is in that moment, you recognize it and you take a deep breath in and a slow deep breath out, which you can do out of the mouth. And you do that a few times. Don't do it fast. You don't want to hyperventilate. It's slow. It's steady. The exhalation is longer. And every time you exhale, you just focus on one part of your body that feels very tense and you just keep relaxing it and keep relaxing it with every slow exhalation out of your mouth or out of your nose. We start with our bodies. Always, always start with your body. Start with your body, releasing some of the tension, releasing some of the tension behind your eyes. Because to tell you or to ask yourself or to give yourself the challenge to let go of all your psychological tension in a moment is kind of impossible because then you're asking yourself to let go of years and years and years and years of built-up psychological tension that started from your childhood. But what you can do in that moment is to start to let go of the physical tension. That you can do. That is more tangible. That is more reachable. And it is through the releasing of the tension of the body that our mind starts to release its tension. And we start to let go. And our arms start to feel like they're letting go of the tension. Our necks are starting to feel like they're letting go of the tension. And our abdomens, our bellies are starting to feel like they're letting go of the tension. And then we're just becoming more surrendered, a little bit more surrendered. And the more surrendered we become, the less anxious we are, the less we're trying to hold on to something, the less frozen we become, right? So like the ice of our bodies is starting to melt and we're starting to surrender. And over time, that's when you can make that eye contact. That's when you can share something. That's when actually it's that surrender that you can actually, the courage to kind of share finds us or we find that courage because we don't make in that more physiological surrendered state, we don't make that moment as big of a deal as we think it is. We don't make it this life or death situation because unconsciously our nervous system is thinking life or death, so let me freeze. But it's not life or death. This takes practice. It takes radical awareness to notice when your body is going into that free state, when you're like afraid to be vulnerable. And you just do it. And I would say is that, you know, if you know the person and you know that they struggle with vulnerability and you know that sharing their feelings in that way and sharing their inner world is not something that they're used to, when you attune to them and you see them letting go and surrendering and sharing a little bit more, you have to seize that moment and really acknowledge them in that moment. Thank you for sharing that with me. Wow, I learned so much about you. I feel closer to you. Like, wow, that's so cool. Thank you. And then when you do that, you reinforce their behavior and then you get more of that and they feel like, I'm going to keep reinforcing, I'm going to keep doing that behavior. And that is how We are interdependent because we are all connected. We are all connected. This is why 
breakups are so incredibly hard because not only are we all connected, but if we're in a relationship with someone, our systems are so synthesized with each other. Then to just one day, all of a sudden be like, nope, we are no longer connected. We go through severe withdrawal, even if we know that it's not the right relationship. That's why breakups break our hearts. They really break our systems temporarily. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? What are you already doing so well? Because around New Year's, we tend to get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. That is a novel idea. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you started a certain workout routine and you just want to actually keep doing that. With therapy, it's not just about pointing out what needs to change. It's also about pointing out where you're actually winning it, what your strengths are, so that you can actually get rid of the extreme resolutions and actually continue to make the change that is easy for you to stick to. And that's really important. And I will say that therapy is really powerful because it helps you to learn positive coping skills and it helps us, you know, it helped you and it's helped me to maintain certain habits that have been really good for me and that are realistic for my life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which is just an amazing part of what they offer because, you know, it is a relationship and you do want to have the right connection with the right therapist. So being able to switch at any time for no cost is fantastic. So what I would say is for this holiday season, this New Year's, celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on love today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on love. The third thing is appreciation. And I think this ties in nicely to what I was saying, which is that if we can appreciate a person's effort to be vulnerable with us, if we can appreciate a person's candor with us, if we can appreciate a person's willingness to share about themselves. We are only going to get more of that from them because we are then saying through our appreciation, we are making someone feel safe. Appreciation is the antidote to taking each other for granted. Appreciation is what actually leads to stronger relationships. We, once again, to tie this full circle, we think we know everything about the person We think that, you know, we know what we need to know. And yet, it's just so not true. And appreciation is, for one, if we can think of all the ways that this person, whoever this person is that comes to mind for you, has put aside their own agenda and their own needs and wants to help you, that is something that we all have to bring into our contemplation. What are the ways in which your loved one has put aside their own agenda to help you in some way? 
that they take care of the kids while you were busy out with your friends or at work, that they pick you up from the airport, that they put aside their project to listen to you vent about something, that they get on a phone call with you when they were really, when they had a really big headache and they weren't in the mood to talk, but they knew that they, that you needed them. That they do the dishes every night this week because they knew how tired you were. We can get so stuck in our heads. And when we do, we get so incredibly self-focused. We become so incredibly narcissistic in our own right. And sometimes we have to replace, I am so sorry I missed dinner with you, with thank you so much for being patient with me while I have this crazy week of work. I mean, I'm all for conscious apologies. I'm all for accountability. But sometimes the accountability is less about, oh my God, I'm terrible. I'm such a horrible person. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, which really just only makes them feel guilty, right? It's not really an apology. Sometimes that apology is better expressed with appreciation. I know I have been not that present with you this week. I know I've been a little distant this week. I know I've been stressed this week. I know I haven't been the easiest to get along with this month. It's been such a hard month and you have been so incredibly patient with me and so loving with me and you've been picking up the slack. And I don't know if I could have actually gotten through this day. I don't know if I could have actually gotten through this month. I don't know if I could have actually gotten through this week if it weren't for your help. That is how you make someone feel seen. That is how you make someone feel loved. That is how you make someone feel safe. That is how you strengthen your relationship with someone. When we appreciate each other, we see each other. When we take each other for granted, we isolate each other. How does your partner, your friend, your sibling, your parent, how do they contribute to your life? How is your life easier or better because of them? How is your day better? How has your last month been better? We learn to appreciate someone by seeing them and we need to be able to see their depth. We tend, like I said, and I, I'm repeating some of these concepts because it's so important. We tend to see each other rather one-dimensionally. We see them through our lens. We have an idea of them and we decide who they are. But the truth is we all wear many hats. Some of us wear the hat of a, leader or a colleague, a healer or a problem solver at work. Some of us wear the hat of a parent, the hat of being a spouse or a partner, the hat of being a friend, the hat of being a lover, the hat of being someone's child. And so one way that we can really learn to strengthen our relationship with another person, and I'm going to speak very specifically to a romantic partner, is seeing your partner in particular in their element where you are not the focus of their life. So you don't just see them as your partner. You don't just see them as the person who you feel a responsibility towards. You don't just see them as one source of maybe stress in your life. You see them as this autonomous being who doesn't need you, who isn't putting you the focus in their life. And what's important in that, not only does that raise attraction, but it raises appreciation because you can see them more multidimensionally. 
And so I do sometimes think it's worth it to go. It's not always possible, but if it is possible to see your partner in a work element or sports element or something where they are in their element, and maybe they don't even know that you're there and you are just observing them. In that moment, you're seeing them because if you just see them as just your partner, then you're not actually seeing them. Anyway, that is it. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm not really big on New Year's resolutions, but I do think that these days, like New Year's Day, is a marker of time. And we can use a marker of time as a way to set powerful intentions and to really, honestly, to reflect on the past and to see how far we've come and how much further we would like to go. It's good for goal setting. It's good for also appreciating what we've done and it's good for letting go. Here's the thing. Relationships 100% define the quality of our lives and yet relationships are where we struggle the most. And if that isn't the big cosmic joke I don't know what is, you know, I mean, that's really hard. So this is why I do what I do. We are all trying to do the best that we can, but I really hope that this episode opens some eyes for you and inspires you to be vulnerable, to allow yourself to be seen, to take greater measures to see and to understand and to appreciate. So please share this with as many people as you can, because I really think this episode in particular is one that every single person can benefit from. And you just never know whose life you could be changing by clicking the share button. If you have any questions about this episode, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please email us at hello at jillianonlove.com. I curate these episodes based on your requests because I just want to make it the best podcast for all of you as I possibly can. If you are interested in bonus episodes, I do offer something called Jillian on Love Plus. It is paid subscription. It's $4.99 a month and you can cancel anytime. And that is where I answer listeners questions. And I also take certain things that I discuss here and sometimes that I don't discuss here and I just go a little bit deeper episodes are around 17 to 20 minutes and you can learn about that in the show notes thank you for listening thank you for being here and until next time Jillian on Love is a Q Code production executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson produced by Shin Yin Hu editing and music by Will Tendy one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judai, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade! And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? 
Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.